Church, how are you doing tonight? You're doing good, awesome, strong, super fit, amazing. <laughs> All of that, yes, very good, so cool. Uh, a special greetings uh, from some churches in Germany. I preached in Germany uh, all over and it's amazing what kind of a reputation our church has over the years. Uh, it's just amazing. Who is happy with the relationship series? Everyone, wow. I, I, I'm happy, happy too because it's always an easy series. <laughs> no, it's not. Today uh, I will speak about, let's talk about feelings and feeling is also a very important topic actually. I googled and uh, I found a very, very funny story or joke actually. Two milk bottles, they had a chat. The one milk bottle says to the other bottle, how are you? How are you doing good? And the other milk bottle said, leave me alone, I'm sour. It's an amazing um, joke. When we speak about feeling, and it's very important, where is the feeling located? The feeling is always around the belly. I mean, you can feel that when you are falling in love, you can sense the butterflies, you know, here in the belly area, right? That's why feelings comes from the belly. And decision is something you, you make in your head. It's like a decision. And between decision and feeling, it's always our heart. And the Bible speaks so often about our heart because it's always between decision and feeling. Now, when it comes to sexuality, the world says at the moment to everyone, if you feel it, then it's right. If a man feels to have sex with a man, then it's good. If a woman has the feeling to have sex with a woman, it's good. If you have the feeling for an affair, it's good. As long you feel it. And they say with other words, feelings are right and feelings are good. And very often we start to believe that. I want to give you a very unique example. If you let by feelings, it will be a big damage. It's for example a dog. And a dog gets very sour, very mad about the pork pen. Pork pen. And he runs after the porkman and he tries to hit him. And here is what happens. Full of stings. That means feeling is not always a good, good friend, right? And here is another four reasons why often we are not led by feelings. If you think feelings are right, that's not the case. Here are four examples. For example, when you are, you remember the, in the early years when you went, when you went to school? Monday morning, you wake up six o'clock in the morning and you thought, oh, today we have French lessons. Pourlez-vous français? And we, and you said, oh, no, I am tired. You know what your mom said? Come on, be a girl, be a man. Come on, you can do it. And we get up and we're not, we were not led by feelings, right? Otherwise, we will not go never to school, right? Another example, for example, when you are in the bed and it's cozy, it's super warm, and two o'clock in the morning, you have the feeling I have to go to the restroom. But in the restroom, it's super cold and in the bed, it's super warm. And now, you know, you know what happens? You say, come on. And then you get up and you will go to the restroom and you don't let by feelings and it's not always so romantic like in the picture. Or another thing, for those, um, they have a baby. If your baby is, for example, six months old and you do breastfeeding, and your kids, by choice, cries three o'clock in the morning. 
I'm hungry. The mom says, oh, it's not my problem. Get up and cook you for yourself. No, the mom gets up even though when she's super tired, right? And when the baby is crying, she cries too because she's tired and then both are crying. This is so romantic. Ladies, women are not led by feelings when it comes to breastfeeding. It's a decision. Or another thing, the Bible says, you shall not murder or you shall not kill each other. For example, when you have a fight with your husband or your spouse and you are, you are so mad, your feeling is cooking. You get so mad. You will not kill. You will not murder your wife, right? You say, come on. You make me so angry, but you behave, right? That means... There's so many areas in our lives we're not led by feelings. We overcome our feelings because feelings is not always good. But when it comes to sexuality, we think if I feel it, then it's okay. Let's go into the Bible because God um, says he's not like human beings in Hosea chapter 11 verse 7 to 9. And God is not led by feelings, always by a decision. God says, my people are determined to turn from me. How can I give you up? How can I hand you over, Israel? How can I treat you? How can I make you? My heart is changed within me. All my compassion is aroused. I will not carry out my fears, anger, nor will I devastate Ephraim again. For I am God and not a man. God is saying, if I will make decisions according to my feelings, you are dead. It's a decision. That means we can overcome and we can rule our feelings. So scientists, they figured out, and it, it's a graphic, it helps me because often people speak, we have six different emotions, six different emotions. But scientists figured out, we have 27 emotions. Wow. When I read it, it's like, oh, wow. With other words, uh, that graphic will not help me. It's just more like an idea. That's why we have such a feeling chaos in us. That's why it's very important. Point number one, feelings don't let a life of their own. This is very important. Feelings don't let a life of their own. And I want to give you four reasons how we build up feelings in us. Actually, it starts when we are super uh, young, we were shaped, feelings were shaped. For example, when you go into the children's garden or when you're super young, or I will never forget, in my neighborhood, I, I, I swing the highest and the fastest. Have you ever done that? You swing as high as possible and the last moment you let go and you jump as far as possible. I was the number one in swinging in my neighborhood. And often in childhood gives you the feeling you're good, you're strong, you're awesome, or you're not awesome, you're not strong, you're not good looking. It builds up somehow a little bit your feelings were shaped. It's not were shaped, it's also are shaped. It's still an ongoing process. And it's very important for us people how I get along with other people or what people think about me or what, 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 is, what, is, what is people thinking about me. And here was a guy, a guy went to the doctor and the doctor asked him, what is your problem? <laughs> and the guy said, doctor, my problem is I'm being ignored. 
The doctor said, okay, next. With other words, it's a never-ending story. And it's not always our were-shaped and are-shaped and also circles around. It circles around. Every day we are confronting with feelings. <laughs> Here, circles around. It's like a never-ending story, right? And the next one is feelings are not sin. And it is very important to understand that just to have a feeling, it's not a sin. For example, when you're walking across Zurich and all of a sudden you see a beautiful, young, amazing, strong lady, there's nothing wrong that she's beautiful, strong and young. The first sight is not a problem. The second one like this, there starts the problem, right? And here's the thing, just having feelings, it's not sin. And Martin Luther, he, has an, had a, he came up with an amazing quote. He said, I cannot prevent evil thoughts from flying over my head like a bird's, but I must not allow them to build nest there. With other words, it's not your fault if a bird's flying over you, but don't ever allow Sin building a nest in your soul and in your heart. In other words, we are able to overcome. I want to tell you a story on the screen how sin develops actually in our lives. Here is a married man. He brings his child to the kindergarten. Super good man. There he sees a beautiful mother. And on the way home, he feels like, wow, amazing, I am speechless. And he's so touched and he's not able to get rid of this beautiful lady and girl. Then he thinks, what would happen if I would have a chat with that amazing mother? And then he thinks, what time day he takes the child to the children's garden and I would love to drink a coffee with her. Friends, this is the moment where you have to push pause. What's going on? I mean, why in a flipping world should I drink a coffee with other lady who's married too? I am married too, she's married too. Why should we drink a coffee? Pause the pause button. This is very, very important. If you don't push the pause, pause button, you know what happens? Always the same story. After the coffee, you have sex together. It, after the coffee ends, ends always. Here's the word on the line, the word always. It ends always in the bed. You're having sex with each other. And then the next day or a week later or maybe one year later, both have to say to their families, we are so sorry. We were led by feelings and we have gone too far. We have sinned. And this is a no-go. No-go, no-go, no-go. If you ever have these thoughts, just bomb that thought. Explode that thought away or it will explode you away. This is always how feelings developing in us and actually, it's really not a good thing. In James chapter 1, verse 13 and 15, and this Bible verse has a link to that story. 
When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and indicate. Then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. With other words, it always destroys you. And that's why I believe from the bottom of my heart, we are in the position with the Holy Spirit, with God Almighty, we have a different understanding as followers of Jesus Christ. We know we are not led by feelings, we are led by decision. And between is our heart and we are able to overcome those evil thoughts in the name of Jesus Christ. There is no other name. The name of Jesus Christ is stronger than any temptation, than any sin, than any lust, than any attraction, right? That's the power of Jesus Christ. You know what the world says, and I wrote it down on the screen. People are saying in our days, listen to your heart, listen to your feelings. If you feel it, you feel it to have sex with wherever you want, with whom you want, as long you feel it. <laughs> It's right. This is so nonsense, actually. But God says, you can steer your heart. You can steer your heart. And that's actually my next point. Steer your heart. Steer your heart. Steer your heart. I would love to read some Bible verses with you guys. And the Bible is so full with that idea. You can steer your heart. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 1 to 6. My son or my daughter, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will know favor in God's name in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. Proverbs chapter 23 verse 19. Listen, 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 my son and my daughter. Be wise and set your heart on the right path. Psalms 37 verse 4 to 5. Take delight in the Lord and he will give your heart's desires. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him and he will help you. Steer your heart. Steer your heart. We are not victims of our feelings, lost sexuality, what the world is teaching us every moment and every second. We are with the power of the Holy Spirit in the position to steer our hearts. Here is a story right now of um, a very, very young couple. And they will tell you a little bit of, of their own life, 
what they have experienced and to, re to be really honest, it was not so easy to find someone who is really honest on the stage, you know. When of a, of a size of our church, actually we could find 1,000 people that could be on the stage right now as well. But when it comes to sexuality, <laughs> people are feel ashamed to tell the story. And I'm, I'm so glad for that couple, they are brave. And they said, okay, we want to tell the story, not for our own benefit, just to serve you guys and to tell you there's always a story that God is not finished with your story. Let's give a big hand to this amazing couple. Come on. Our story began when we were 16 years old. We met for the first time in the stairwell in our college and we fell in love from the first moment we saw each other. And after a short time, we um, were already a couple. Yes, and for me, Arina was my first girlfriend and from the beginning, I was just crazy in love with her. And fortunately for me, she was in love with me too. So um, when we came together, we were both not believers. For us, it was clear that uh, sex is part of a, rela a relationship. I mean, we loved each other. Why not have sex together? Yes, and everything was very exciting. Um, we had our first time together and hardly questioned this because everyone did it that way. And so we loved each other, so we did it too. And after about two years of relationship, um, various experiences, a personal process of both of us, um, we came to believe in Jesus Christ. And the more we got to know God, the more our values and attitudes changed. Um, I remember when one day I was sitting in a celebration, and honestly, I, I don't remember the, the message, but I know it wasn't about sex. But funny it was that, that God spoke that day to me. He, he told me, Fabia, stop, have sex with, with your girlfriend. And my first thought was just, no way. <laughs> no way. I, I mean, look, look at her. I, <laughs> I, I, I didn't want to do that, but uh, nevertheless, I knew it was, it was the right thing to do. Um, yes, and when Fabia told me about his experience, um, at first I couldn't understand it at all. Um, why should we renounce each other when we loved each other so much and we just wanted to be near each other? Um, yes, but then God also showed me his vision for sexuality and I knew we couldn't go on like this. Um, he showed me that sex is so valuable and it belongs in the safe environment of marriage. And um, yes. Yes, and to wait was really not easy for both of us and especially for me as a man. Um, there were some moments in which we questioned everything. Um, we thought like, is this really God's will that we have to control ourselves so much? Um, isn't this just an old idea that has to be reinterpreted for our time? Why would God want us to wait when we were so ready biologically? Um, yes, in that time um, we talked to many friends, to many people and we thought about it a lot. And we nevertheless decided to trust God despite all our doubts, our fights and our, um, our struggles. 
and uh, we do not regret this decision until today. We experienced how God led our relationship in our love to each other um, grow. And um, yes, we just decided to trust God and he really, really was with us. So last year in July, we got married to each other with 22 years. And um, now we have a blessed and uh, fulfilled sexuality together. Yes, and today we can honestly say that we are very grateful. We decided to wait. And since we are married, we realize how right it was to wait. And believe me, I know how it is to have sex in marriage and out of marriage. And it's, it's just uh, such a big difference. It's really huge. And it is worth trusting God, being faithful and obedient to him, even even if it seems completely nonsense. I am now looking forward to the many years I can have sex with my wife. I really am. And compared with the four years we waited, that's nothing. And today I can only say how it stands in Proverbs 5, 18 to 19. May your fountain be blessed and may you rejoice in the wife of your youth. A loving doe, a graceful deer. May her breasts satisfy you always. May you ever be intoxicated with her love. So thank you so much. Uh, thank you so much. I mean, really, you are super brave. And uh, it's not so easy to tell that story on the stage. Thank you so much for serving us. And uh, yeah, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Amazing story. You know, they told actually, we are able to steer our hearts. We are not victims of our feelings. And I like the Psalm 40 verse 8. I take joy in doing your will, my God. For your instructions are written on my heart. I will take joy in doing your will, my God. For your instructions are written on my heart. Some weeks ago, I was together with a very, very good colleague and we were walking and I realized for the very first time, always when he sees a lady or a woman, he looks like this. And then when she passes by, always he turns around like this. And I said to him, what are you doing? He said, yeah, I want to double check. I said, why you double check? I mean, the first sight, it's nothing wrong. I mean, you saw it. She's beautiful. She's handsome. She's a creation of God. There are four billion of girls in this world. But turning around doesn't make sense. And he asked him a question. Why you do that? What is, what is the benefit to turn back and look for a second time? And the Bible says, teach your eyes. Teach your eyes to be focused on the real important thing. Turning around is actually you open up a door for your thoughts. What would happen if what you see from the back is better than what you see by your wife? Then you have already a problem. It doesn't make sense to turn around. And that's why it's very important to steer your heart. There is a principle. It's from Stefan Beck from Isaac Kalsruhe. I have stolen that quote from his book, but I quoting his book. 
steer your heart until it feels like doing what is right and what God can bless. Steer your heart until it feels like doing what is right and what God can bless. Let's steer our heart and focusing on the blessing of God. In closing, and this is a very important story for me, there was a father, he had an amazing teaching to his child and said, hey child, there are two wolves. One is a good wolf and the second is a bad wolf. The bad wolf is jealous, he's very angry, he's very negative. But the good wolf is peaceful, he's serving, he's in very good mood. And then the father asked his son, which of these two wolves will survive? And the young child, he was thinking. And then the father said, look, it's very simple. The one you feed will survive. And here's the thing, either I feeding my feelings what the world says is right, or I feeding my decision what God says about my thing. That's right. Feed your spirit. Feed the Word of God. Take it in you and be an overcomer and not a victim. In closing of the message about when, before I got married, I had a very, very good relationship with a friend of mine. You know, we, we men, we have often, when you're super young, you have sex with yourself. Masturbra masturbation? This is not a cool thing, actually. And my, my friend and I, we came together every Sunday night. We, we, we made a covenant, covenant. And we said, let's stop doing that. Let's wait until we are married. And every Sunday night, we came together and we said, how was the week? And sometimes we fall down, but then we get up and we prayed for each other. And I'm so thankful that in the early years, we made a commitment. I want to build my life not on my feelings, on my emotions, on my lust, on my sexuality. I will trust my heart on my ways in the will of God. Because in the end of the day, it's, it's my, my vision to have a godly, holy sexuality with my wife. And we heard in the story, when you're married, you can have sex for the next 120 years. It's a long time. Then you're looking back and these three, four years doesn't matter anymore. I would love to close the, the message with a prayer. I know it's a very complex topic actually. But I believe that the Holy Spirit will minister to you right now and He can serve you in an area where you need really the blessing of God. Let's close our eyes for a moment. When we come together in church, it's not that Jesus Christ is blaming you. Jesus will never point His finger on you. He is here with outstretched arms to embrace us and to help us. First of all, I want to say thank you, Jesus Christ, that sexuality is a creation of God. It's your idea, God. Sexuality belongs to the kingdom of God. And you know my heart. You know my, 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 my lust moments. You know my feelings. Even my addictions. my longing I have for many many years
Holy Spirit, I'm going to ask you right now, serve us right now. Give those people power to overcome their feelings. Heal those people, they're wounded. They are hurt. They cross the line. Give us a vision. It's higher than our circumstances. I will guard my heart and I will steer my heart and I will lead my heart because I am not alone. I would love to be quiet for a moment and I love those moments when we are quiet in front of the presence of God. Miracles will take place. And right now before we are get quiet a little bit, I sense in my heart, tonight there are some people here in this room, you have never given your life to Jesus Christ. Or you are backslidden Christian, you are not on fire anymore, you don't feel connected with Jesus Christ anymore. And while we are quiet in the next minute, wherever you're sitting, just ask God for forgiveness. Say, Jesus, forgive me. Come in my life. Be my Lord and my Savior. I bow my life to you. Everything I have is yours. It's like you recommitment for the very first time or again. But then the rest here. Sexuality is a very complex topic. Please have a chat right now with Jesus Christ. This is the moment in the presence of Jesus Christ. Let's be real. Let's be honest. Let's cry out to Him. He's the one. He knows you better than you do. Come Holy Spirit. trust your sovereignty when there is no clarity because I can't sit forever in my disappointment and pain. I'm going to stand. Fear loves to limit you. Fear loves to keep you where you are. Fear wants you to do what you have always done and never do anything else. Fear wants to shackle your po 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 potential and fear always wants to limit you. The Word of God has a power in it like nothing else. Jesus, I'm afraid. Jesus, let's do it. And there are moments when you are in a ladder, when you are facing an area where you're super afraid. Pray, grab, hold. Please, don't give up.